send it, buddy. All right. Well, we did it. Uh, we welcome did it. to the Talking Average Fitness Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you're joining us from home, hopefully you are and you're comfortable and you're just kind of hanging out and doing your thing. Uh, my name is Sam. I'm here all the time. Please don't forget to tip your waitresses. I'm joined, as always, by my uh, my my friend and compatriot, my partner in virtual crime, sometimes, maybe also sometimes real crime, Mr. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin, how are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Um, hope everyone's doing well. Don't wrap your thumb over the pull-up bar that's lame. Uh, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, this is why we can't have nice things. I hope you know. This, well, it's what, I mean, yeah. That that and the the internet crime is why we can't do have nice things. That and but, internet crime, or may, or maybe that's why that's why we do have nice things. Maybe, that is, I mean, maybe. It depends uh, on which uh, side of the crime operation you're on. <laughs> um, so we we don't know what the heck we're doing. Um, we should probably say that as many times yeah, as we, possible. Most um, of the time, we don't know what we're doing. Right, and if and if you're an adult and you're listening to us, you get that because I'm yep. sure as a kid you thought. I've, you know, adults have it figured out. And then at some point, you know, between 20 and 45, you realized that all of a sudden you're an adult. And how did that happen? And I don't have it figured out. And so like, oh man, they were all making it up as they go along. Um, In that same vein, the topic of discussion today is a little bit coach centric, right? Um, You know, and by coach centric, I mean, this is less about what goes on in affiliates day to day and like CrossFit as a methodology and stuff like that. And it more kind of revolves around like why some coaches do what they do and what their goals are and um, the evolution that can happen. Right. Um, and so I'll, I'll tell a quick story. So I had a, a good friend of mine. Her name is Stacy. She was a longtime member at the affiliate that I was at just recently. And she's since moved to Florida and she's down there at there's So there's an affiliate in Orlando, right near Disney world called CrossFit mousetrap, which great name, <laughs> great name for an affiliate. Phenomenal. Um, yes. And because Disney is like a huge part of her life, her and her husband have been going down there for years and they finally bought a place. They're making it official. And so mousetrap is no longer her home away from home. It's just her home. Mm-hmm. And so they came to her and were like, you've been doing CrossFit a long time. Would you have any interest in coaching? Which coaches out there, you know, that conversation, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like someone gives you the tap on the shoulder or like, maybe Mm -hmm. you have a question and like, how do you become a coach? What does that look like? Um, and then they give you the answer and blah, 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 CrossFit level one, blah, 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 weekend course, blah, 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 red shirts. And Stacy went and took her, um, her level one seminar and I'm very confident she's going to pass the test. She should be confident too. Um, and she sent me an email afterward. We had talked about it and she said, is being a red shirt a thing that you would want to do? Or is that something you've already done? Um, and for coaches in the know that that can be kind of like, you could giggle at that comment a little bit where it's like, when I say coaches in the know, I mean like anybody who's been around more than a minute. Um, mm-hmm. And so to be clear, no, I've never been a red shirt, though I appreciate the implication that I could be. Um, mm-hmm. I could take that as a compliment. But would I want to be a red shirt, right? And mm-hmm. I think this is, this is a like a cool thing to kind of explore. And so, Kevin, I'm sure you – and so we have a little bit of a unique history in terms of like yes. who we were around, right? Yep, we've – 
told the story a few times, basically like how Sam and I developed in coaching and the people that we were very fortunate enough to like kind of step in with as like kind of like the first or, you know, one and a half steps into coaching and you just fall into like, oh, hey, look, there's 42 seminar staff people around me. Um, (laughs) Just whips out the pot of coffee. How's dad life? (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It's great. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Sam's just like caffeine caffeine in his bloodstream just – Oh man, crushing it. I love um, coffee. But yeah, I mean, hey, I love coffee as well. And if yeah. you don't love coffee, especially if you work in fitness, like, you know, if, if you're a CrossFit coach, a fitness coach, you operate on caffeine and dreams. And that's about it. Um, yeah. Especially <laughs> if you got that morning shift. Oh, baby. That morning shift. Oh. Um, anyways, yeah, I, you know, Sam and I were, were fortunate enough that the affiliates that we kind of like got our you know, start into development with were owned by, run by, overrun by, uh, seminar staffed staff by. members. Yeah. Staffed by, uh, seminar staff members. Um, and so we had a really incredible development process that was probably much faster than it would be elsewhere just because of the people that we were around. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and to their to their credit, it was faster because it was adapt or don't. And when yeah. you say don't, <laughs> adapt we, or we die. Like, yeah, it was adapt or sink or swim. You know, like yeah, yep. y- You you did a thing, and Meg Burns would come and be like, "Stop, s- stop, do that thing over and different." And yeah. you d- you did it different, or she would, as she did so many times, look at me and be like, "Okay, Sam, we're going to talk about this again," and <laughs> like walk me through how I did the same thing, yeah. you know, the wrong way. And you got to figure that stuff out. And it's a, it's a, it's a high pressure situation, Yep. but if you can make the changes, you adapt so quick and like you learn oh, so yeah. much so fast. I remember the, the few times that I would like, cause I was staffed at the, the Boston gym primarily whenever I got staffed over in the Needham gym to like either cover something, help something out, working that there morning shift with Mr. Greg Martino was terrifying mm. as a new coach you just get like greg sitting on a box just staring at you with his fucking greg eyes and like you know what i'm saying when I, if you know greg you know the look i'm talking about when i say his fucking greg eyes like he's just yeah. and you can feel it boring into your skull you like peek over your shoulder and there's just greg just sitting on a box like looks like he's chilling but has the most intense like he's just mm-hmm. like superman style x-ray scanning mm-hmm. everything you're doing with his eyes Hasn't blinked um, in five minutes. No, hasn't blinked in, in three days, probably. Um, <laughs> and just knowing like the feedback coming, you like, uh, and especially as you started getting along your development journey where like you, you became more self-aware as a coach yeah. and you'd know that oh. you made a mistake. You'd say something or do something and immediately go back. Like I'm going to be sitting down on a, on a bench, like, staring face to face with Greg, but actually not staring, looking at the floor because I yeah. refused to meet his eyes in this moment. Uh, <laughs> it's just, oh man. It's, so, and we don't want to turn coaches yeah. off to the idea of working with red no, no, no. shirts. Like, no, no, no. They are phenomenal <clears throat> and they will do everything to make you better. You like, they're, they're not assholes by, by any stretch of the, whatever no. they are the most wonderful humans. But there's also like, and we talked about this on, our episode that just released um, was there's a standard 
this is the standard. Yeah. And you either get to the point where you can meet it or you don't. Yeah. If you don't, why or why not? Can yeah. we fix it? If we can't fix it, maybe you're best suited over there. Yeah. If you can fix it, they'll work with you to fix it. Yeah. Um, so. And like, that's an elective position in the sense that like, yep. we went to them and were like, help us do the thing. And they're like, oh, yeah. okay, come on. And they're, <laughs> and then you just, you say, Hey, help us do the thing. And then you see Greg just with his little grin and you're like, no, just kidding. Don't help me. Do <laughs> Not you. I take it back. I take it back. Oh, I take it back. When we, oh my gosh, when we, this is just like funny little side tangent. Again, I keep like poking fun at Greg, but there's yeah. so many good memories with Greg. So when I started my internship at CrossFit One Nation, and the first staff training, team training that we did over in Needham was like any interns had to like teach a movement, like lead the group through a movement. Classic. So, I, uh, so I had to teach the group the air squat, and it's like people are like, "Oh, the air squat." easy <laughs> it was terrible so i said so they're, they're like so they told me a day in advance hey kevin you're leading the air squat but i didn't know who was like giving who was the giving me feedback versus who are the people like doing the movement mm -hmm. <clears throat> so they were like air squat five minutes like just teach the movement type thing five minutes I, any any guesses how long it took me 47 seconds <laughs> 23 seconds <laughs> Hey guys, this is the air squat. You just squat down, stand up. Okay, please let me leave. <laughs> so accurate. Oh my gosh. So do, do you remember how long it, it was? It was like it was like a minute and 27 seconds. Like it felt like three days of just yeah. purgatory because oh, yeah. I hated every minute of it. Because here you like you rock up to the group and there's you know 15, 18 people there. Everyone shows up because they're like, oh, it's the, it's the, the new blood, we gotta break them in type Team thing. Training. Yeah. Yeah. So the the whole full-time staff, all the seminar staff folks show up, like the whole thing. And I'm teaching the air squat to a group of not only the best coaches mm. on the planet, mm -hmm. but also some of the best movers on the planet. Yeah. Like if you are on seminar staff, guess you don't what? Move you, bad. Have to, you, you have to demo all yeah. the movements yeah. with a PVC pipe. So if you're a front rack, if you're like, oh yeah, it takes me, I got to get to 225 before I can get my elbows up. Guess what, homie? You're, you're either not on seminar staff or you're not demoing the squat series. Yeah. Um, so they, they move incredibly well. So I'm like, <laughs> I remember teaching the first, I can't even remember what I blacked out. I can't remember what I said. It's like the first point of performance. Yeah. Cause like I knew the points of performance for the air squat, but I like, I, I was like, okay, do this. And I knew I was like, I have to say squat and stand. I said squat down. And I looked around the group and it's just like chest up, knees are out, waist and heels. I sat there, I was like, fuck, yeah. like you have to be really nitpicky. And as I learned going along, if I watch James Hobart squat, who's probably the best squatter in the world, if you don't know who James is, just Google CrossFit air squat. He's the dumb He's looking the nerd doing He's the squat. What you see. He's the one doing it. Yes. Um, watching James, it's like, does James squat really well? Yes. Mm -hmm. Could James's squat be better? Maybe, Maybe. Probably. You have to look at it with it like, you know, you could give James a cue. If I say, James, push your knees out harder, is that going to make yeah. his squat worse? Right. Probably not. Um, it might not, like when you're looking, it might be like, wow, damn, that's a pretty good squat. Could James get a little bit lower? 
Right. Could his knees be out a little bit harder? But of course, right. I wasn't looking at that thing. I just looked at. I was like, I was like, that's him. That's J- the wedge red shirted guy. He's squatting. Right, right. I don't know how to fix it. Can I leave? At- stand. <laughs> yeah, at stand. <laughs> that's one rep. Okay, I'm done. That was it. Uh, oh my gosh, I crashed and burned. And Greg was so I I didn't know who was valuing me. It turned out mm. to be Greg. I immediately yeah. pooped myself. Yeah. Um, and we go through, and again, I I can feel Greg staring at me as I'm teaching the thing minute, 27 seconds. And Greg was like, do you think you got five minutes? I was like, no, not a chance in hell, not even <laughs> remotely close, like not even halfway. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it was like a minute, 27 seconds. I was like, ah, it checks out. Um, but then he was like, you know, gave me a few different ways to kind of make that better. Mm-hmm. didn't force me to go through that gauntlet again and be like, okay, now prove it that you can make it better. Right. Cause it's a pretty short window to like make that happen. Being right. again, a newer coach, yeah. but like all these guys were willing to like work with me, help with those things, you mm-hmm. know, push me and like, and, and having those guys push me, I literally, again, cause this is how I am. I wasn't able to figure out anything wrong with the group moving. Like mm-hmm. I was like, they all look pretty damn good. Right. Move on with your life. So I, we ended that team training. I went back to the Boston gym and I sat in the office and I went online to cross.com and I signed up for the spot, the flaw course. And I took that mm. course twice that afternoon. I took it two times because once you buy it, you can take it as many times as you want. So I took yeah. it two times yeah. in that afternoon because it pissed me off that I wasn't able to perform the way I wanted to in front right. of that group of coaches. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to make sure that never happens again. Right. Um, and just, just because I'm a psycho. Yeah. Um, but all sorts of fun stuff. Well, again, a little fun Greg story. I have so right. many, but so many Greg stories. So well, many so, Greg stories. Well, so the point of this is like, you know, we have the wonderful, had the wonderful good fortune to learn under and work beside these people. And, mm-hmm. you know, grateful for that. And <clears throat> I think like, if, and especially inside of that environment, those humans were so good at making that work look desirable, right? Um, and part of it was the fact that they took real joy in it. They enjoyed their jobs. They liked doing the work. And they understood both in the micro and in the macro context, the impact they were having, not just on the people in the room, but on that community both local to the gym and the city and the town and like the power that you wield as a person who has the opportunity to educate someone else can be like mind blowing. Um, and they understood that and it was really, really cool. And so I think I'm going to speak for you here. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm going to be wrong though. You're probably going to be right. You'd probably you know me right. pretty well at this point. <laughs> so going like there's a, there comes a point where like we as coaches were like, that's it, man. I want to do that. And like, I want to stand in the room and I want to be at the seminar and I want to full fucking grip a PVC pipe with 90 degree angle in my elbows and look like a God. And I want to, I want to be on staff. Right. Yeah. And I think we, I think we think that. And even as coaches who know these people, we spend a lot of time with them. We think we know what that commitment level is and what it's like to do that work and like what it means, quote unquote, to 
wear a red shirt. Um, and we make an assumption based on what we think about all that stuff. And that's based on that assumption. We're like, yes, I want to do that thing. When in reality, what I know now, many years on, is I, have, I had no clue. I had no clue, one, what it meant, like emotionally or like professionally to wear the shirt, but also two, I had no clue about like the, the commitment and what it meant professionally to like, like what that process would look like when it was not being a rock star at a seminar, right? And like, mm -hmm. even that being good enough to even get on staff didn't mean that you were good enough that like shit started all over again. You're at the bottom of the heap, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, <clears throat> so I know now that my view on that kind of thing has changed. Is, is Are you in that same boat? Like, like where, like when you think about wearing the shirt or pursuing wearing the shirt, because mm -hmm. you and I both have our applications in, you know, we've, oh, yeah. you know, yep. you know, we're it's sitting here, there. we're sitting here waiting for, seminar staff to call us and be like, it's your turn to intern, you know? Yeah. And yeah. all of, all of that yep. is based on need in a given area and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, where are you? What's your, like, what's your emotional availability to that, to that thing? Oh man, that's, you know, it's, I go back and forth and in my head again, because I'm a psycho, um, and mom and raise no bitch, I, I have a really hard time, like backing down from any sort of like challenge. If, yeah. If I don't know who's is Dave Castro still the director of training? No, with it's Nicole, Nicole Carroll. Is it just Nicole? Okay, it's just Nicole. Okay. Um, so if Nicole Carroll called me and was like, Hey, we've looked at your application. Um, we're hoping you're still coaching CrossFit because your application was put in three years ago. Um, <laughs> they're like, It's your time to shine, buddy. Like, you're up, like, you the you're the next in line for the internship. I think I would have a really hard time saying no. Mm. I think saying no would be the right answer. That would be the, the thing that would make the most sense for me now where I am professionally, where I am personally, mm -hmm. you know, the time commitment and travel commitment that I'd be willing to make would like saying no would be the right thing, but I would have a really, really hard time saying no to that because it was everything I wanted for the past nine years. Yeah. Right now I've been, I've been coaching CrossFit professionally and, you know, I'll call it three quarter time at, to full time for a decade now. Yeah. Um, and it's like for, as soon as I got my level one, I went that process. It was life changing for me. Like mm -hmm. it just, the professionalism of the staff, the way the seminar ran, the information given, the stuff that I garnered and was able to move forward with. I finished that level one and at 5.01 p.m. on that Sunday, I was like, I'm going to go do that. Yeah, Like that's going to be me. That That's yeah. all I want. I'm like the coaching CrossFit, the doing it in affiliate was in my mind at that point, just a pathway to get me to a red shirt. That's all I was like, I want, because I knew how profound it was for me. I want to go do that for someone else, for yeah. another future coach and like yeah. kind of empower them and, and get them started on the path of awesomeness. That since that was a goal for, again, the past, you know, 
nine years or so. It's really only been the past year that I've kind of like changed my mind on it. Um, so since that was the goal, I would for so long, mm-hmm. if they gave me a call, it's like, hey, you're next up for the internship. Yes or no. Yeah. I have a feeling that's a, that's a one-time ticket. If, if they're like, hey, it's your turn to intern, and you say, not right now, I'll apply again later. I don't think they'll give you a second look. That could just yeah. be, that could just be in my head. I've fabricated it. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Because, but I don't think it's existed where someone has applied, declined it first time, and then went again to get it. I, I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah. I think they would just move to the next person. It wouldn't be like, oh yeah, we'll just get you on the next one. No worries. Take your time. Yeah. Like if, if I said no to Nicole Carroll, she'd be like, sweet, you're dead to me. And then my application goes in the incinerator. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that done. Um, so because it would be, that was a goal for so long, I would have a really, really hard time saying no. With that said, I know the things that I'm working on and we're working on professionally for coaching mm-hmm. is going to be more worthwhile and valuable for me and any clients and athletes that we work with and the things that I do for me personally, my relationship with my wife, mm-hmm. my things I enjoy doing in my spare time would start to go away if I were to pursue this because to kind of walk people through just at a minimum time commitment for staff, you get booked on a seminar. It's a Saturday, Sunday seminar, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. essentially. Yeah. You have to travel somewhere. I have to go to Ohio. I don't know. I'm just throwing states out there. I got to go to they, Ohio. They'd probably keep you local, but like it, at you know Pennsylvania, Virginia, yeah. like yeah. So um, you have to travel somewhere. Yep. So plane or car ride, depending on how long it is, is mm-hmm. Friday. So Friday is relatively short. It's either a long car ride or a plane ride. Yep. You're spending Friday traveling. You get there yep. Friday night, so you can wake up Saturday. So Friday is shot. Saturday, Sunday, you do the thing. Depending on how your schedule works out, you can maybe like, you know, sneak a Sunday, like late night flight or drive back. So you're back Monday, but that's a mm-hmm. late fucking night. Or yeah. Monday's a travel day, now Monday's shop. So those four days are your travel seminar, travel again. Yeah. And then you have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to prep, adjust your life, have a cup of coffee before you go do it again. Yeah. Um, and that's if you're a full-time staff member where you, you know, are working gigs every weekend or almost every weekend. I'm not sure what the requirements are for full-time. I know they've shifted it 17 different times. So the last but, time I heard, and this was, this was earth shattering to me, is okay. that part-time was mm-hmm. every other week. So full-time staff, it's every weekend. Part-time okay. staff, it's every other weekend. So that's 26 weekends a year. Yeah. Boom. Um, yeah, that's so. I mean, if you, if, okay, you, if it's a, yeah. if it's a, if it's a four day cycle, travel, yep. seminar, seminar, travel, yep. and you do two per month, roughly, yep. that's eight yep. days for all intents and purposes. That's a whole week. That's a week every month mm-hmm. of travel and seminar. And effectively across the entire year, that's 12 weeks. That's a full quarter. That's three months mm-hmm. of the year that you yep. are 
gone away doing things. Yep. Gone away from your family. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Like if, if seminar staff is something that people want to pursue, it's a worthwhile pursuit. You just have to be really honest with yourself about what you want, where you see your career going as a coach. And, you know, this is a real businessy term, but like a, a return on an investment of yeah. kind of like your time, your effort, your energy, and your expertise yeah. for that versus anything else you'd want to pursue as a professional coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's at the bare minimum. Now I know that for those guys that are full-time staff and are working every weekend, you know, the amount of prep studying, like things get, again, these guys are, they hold a standard. So if you make a mistake on one of your lectures, you're going to practice that lecture twice a day for your three off days to make sure when you go back on the next seminar, you don't, you get it right. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is like, that's a never ending. You're never going to a hundred percent crush it every time, because every time, whenever we would host a seminar at the gym, I would volunteer in my, this is what I want to do type thing. POC, I would volunteer. Baby. Yep. Oh yeah. POC. Um, you know, if you listen to that real, real quick, it, you know, it doesn't mean piece of shit. It's point of contact. Um, <laughs> and so, um, it basically means you're the person that's, that works at the gym mm-hmm. that, you're there to make sure the the show runs smoothly. You're there to, you know, wipe off the whiteboard, supply Denise with her red, uh, blue and black markers yes. um, of pristine crispness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, I mean, this might be a gym specific thing, the toilet would always get clogged across at Boston every yeah. single seminar. So now I'd have to go to war with that fucking thing. Yeah. Um, you got to so open the doors. Just, you got to let them in. Oh, yeah. You got to, yeah, the first one there, last one out. If it's, if it's a winter seminar, you make sure the heat's appropriate. If it's a summer seminar, you make sure that the, you know, if you have air conditioning at your gym or an air system that it's like at least somewhat on, we had a seminar in CrossFit mm-hmm. Boston once that was like mid July. It was like a hundred and some odd degrees and like 90% humidity. And, you know, we used to tell members like, you know, you can't, I mean, the air conditioning is so expensive. So most gyms don't keep air conditioning on, but it's like, yeah it existed and it's like, we need to people paid a thousand dollars to be here. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just like let people die a heat stroke in your gym. That yeah. wouldn't be a good look. Um, so like you kick the air on, you kick the heat on just to something that's reasonable so people can do the thing. Mm-hmm. You're there to assist however you can. But then the cool thing is you get to observe the seminar. Now yeah. I had done POC things where I lived relatively close and I had things going that weekend. Where I was like, you know, Austin, Denise, Spencer, you guys have my number. If you need something, I'm, yeah. I'm 10 minutes away. Let me know. And I, I'll run over and take care of whatever it is. Absolutely. But most of the seminars, I'm there with my notebook and pen, and I'm taking notes, and I'm yeah. learning, and I'm watching them teach, and I'm watching them lecture Yes. to try and like improve myself. So I'm like, this is where I want to be. So I'm going to watch those people do what they're doing. Um. And it's just so mind blowing. Watch like it's it's incredible to see up close from like a coach's eye versus like a participant eye because you get a mm-hmm. different look if you're participating in the seminar versus like I'm also a coach and yeah. I'm just sat back observing. It was man, but the times that I'm observing and as POC, every single seminar I watched, I watched people make mistakes because yeah. 
I, I got to a point where I knew the material yeah. intimately. Yeah. I knew what was supposed to be said in what order for mm -hmm. the squat series, for the nutrition lecture, for the pressing lecture, for the GHD lecture, for, you know, and you'd see people make a mistake. Um, and you could see it. I remember uh, Lachlan one time was teaching the overhead squat or he was, yeah. he was doing the squat lecture. I think he had Larry demonstrating. Mm -hmm. um, and he's doing a great job. Um, if you don't know who Lachlan is, he's Australian. So like it's, you know, understanding him is iffy on a good day. Um, if you watch, if you watch Bluey, you've got a leg up. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and so he's going through and I could see the moment where he realized he'd done goofed is he was going through. Now I'm going to have Larry like squat down and stand up and like paused for a second. I could see yeah. in his eyes. He was like, yeah, I forgot to talk. I forgot to talk about establishing an overhead position mm -hmm. and like <laughs> just left that right after the lecture, but you're too far gone. Now she's like, all right, we're going to do it. So he goes through, he finishes up. They're like, all right, we're going to, you know, break out into the next bit. Or like, you know, Denise is going to come up and say her bit. He comes over and sits down next to me on the bench. And I'm just, I'm just like grinning at him. Cause I know what happened. And he yeah. just sits down. He goes, I know what I fucking did. Shut the fuck up. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but. Well, it's, yeah. And, and so FYI, if you are the kind of person who's interested in staff and you're, first of all, if you can, like your gym, like if it's big enough and it's got the equipment, you should try to host seminars. Have, um, have, you, have them host. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're the kind of coach who's interested in staff and you want to be able to get more reps on your eyeballs in terms of seeing that operation volunteer to be POC. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's a, it's a great experience for level one or level two. Like there's a lot to learn there. And yeah, you know, I, I've had the same experience multiple time level one and level two POC being able to not just watch them as they go through the lectures, but like watch how they coach. Exactly. The Teach breakout the groups. Yeah. Exactly. Watch the breakouts. Like what is happening? And it's, it, you, you get a very interesting and different understanding of what is going on mm -hmm. and you do it long enough. You start to understand that what is happening at a seminar is not what happens in a class, right? No. Like, and, I, nope. and I've had it, I've had it described to me by people who are on staff. Like the seminar is a very contrived experience. Like it's very deliberate and they haven't, mm -hmm set up that way for a reason. You're trying to take, you know, a bunch of people of varying levels from not to 60 as quickly as possible. And <clears throat> to do that, like you, you have to like, they don't want your super nuancy, unique version of how to teach the squat. They want points yeah. of performance and they want you to execute on those points of performance in a yep. progression and mm -hmm. fucking teach seeing correct with your pants off. Yep. Um, and, and my understanding is that's really the thing. Like yeah. they want you to do and like be entertaining and personable and not a jerk, you know, but you got to do that. And so like, that's the prerequisite. Um, and so what I've been told is many people who are fantastic coaches would be terrible on staff and many yeah. people who are on staff are maybe not the most, not um, the best in class or in one-on-one yeah. -on -one settings or, yeah. yeah. And, and like, that's not to take away from their abilities as coaches or athletes or professionals, no, no, no. like they're very yeah. good at that thing, but just to highlight the difference between what we experience in level one and what actually goes on when you are a quote unquote coach. Um, mm -hmm. and so like, I, I love that you said, you know, now 
-hmm. for my own personal and professional goals, I'd really have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was kids, right? We had when yep. I, when my first son Noah was born, I took a job that was an hour away. It was so we lived in Walpole. Yeah. I had to drive into Boston every morning, eight hours a day in there, yeah. and then an hour back. If you got kids, you know what I'm talking about. That's a that's hard to be away from your family for that long, right? Mm -hmm. And so I ended up stepping out of that position because it was so hard to be away from my family. And, and also because like my wife worked remotely. And so to have her at the time, we didn't have any childcare. So to have her be responsible for my son and to do work, that's a, that's a really hard thing for me to ask my wife to do. Yeah. It's a lot. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a lot. And so. That's why moms are superheroes. Moms are superheroes. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Um, and so when I think now, and like now I've got two kids. I don't have one kid. I have two kids. <laughs> like <clears throat> I'm, <clears throat> I'm very, very fortunate to be in a position where I have a relationship with some specialty courses and I have the opportunity to go out and do work with them. I, I will do that anytime I can. And I occupy a very, a very specific position with those specialty courses. So the demand for who I am and the role I fill as a coach is not perpetual in the sense that like they don't need a guy like me every single weekend. Um, my buddy, Dane Levy out of Florida, who's, you know, now lead coach for CrossFit gymnastics. And, you know, if just a fantastic mover, he, he's the guy who shows up in a lot of videos a lot of the times. And he's a guy that they need every weekend because his quality of movement is so high, you know, mm -hmm and his ability to demo and be consistent. Um, I don't know if Dane would be able to do what he does if he had a kid or if he had two mm -hmm. kids. And if he did have kids, like it would be a major consideration in his life, like being a part of a staff or a specialty course, <clears throat> like we're gonna build the logistics of our life around this as an occupation. And that's kind of what you have to do. And I'm at a, I'm in a position now where <clears throat> one of the most powerful things I heard was with kids, you have four years and only the first four years to establish who they are and the foundational interactions or level of interaction that they will be able to have with other people for the rest of their lives. Because after the age of like five, they go off to school, they go off to daycare regularly, maybe before that they go to daycare regularly, but they go off to school. Now they're in the education system and whether or not they can play well with others, whether or not they're too physical or not, like all of that stuff has already been established and it's almost impossible mm -hmm. to change. Yep. And my responsibility has changed from, I need to save people's lives to the potential good I can do with these two boys, raising them the best that I can and being a present father mm -hmm. will overshadow almost everything I do professionally, personally. And so for these five years now, cause we just had our second for these five years, I don't, I don't have the ability to like, if they called me and they were like, you know, it's your, it's your turn. I would have to say no, even knowing that, yeah. I might never get a chance like, ever again. Yep. I would have to say no. Um, 
and I, I'm very, again, I'm very fortunate to like be a part of some other specialty groups and being able to do that on a more periodic basis. And I'm, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that I get to do that. And I love those teams. Um, I also am so cognizant of like what I'm asking my wife to do when I disappear for four days, you know, and yep. like we work real hard, like, thank God my parents are close. Like, mom, can you come and help out for a couple of days? That kind of thing. Um, just cause it's a lot, it's a lot to handle, a, it's, you know, two it's, kids. It's so much. Right. Yeah. And I, so yeah. So if they, if they called, I would have to say no, yeah. but that doesn't mean that like all is lost. And, and to your point earlier, now the work that I do professionally, I've it's the last year of my life has been a huge paradigm shift in terms of mm. understanding not just how, but where I can have value and effect in people's lives. Um, and being able to do so at the affiliate level is awesome, but there are limitations to that in my professional endeavors where I get to work very, very closely one-on-one -on -one with clients, being able to do so is wonderful, but there are limitations to that. Like you want to go deep, you can't go wide. I can't handle more than a handful of people at a time. Um, yep. And so it's, it's different. It's really different. And it's not a position I, you know, had you asked me three years ago before the birth of my son, it'd be like, red shirt or die, you know? Yep. Yeah. And, and now <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's just had to change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'd like, I wanted to be on seminar staff so badly. Like this is the, and, and that was the only thing I was like, I was like, you know, people sometimes like, well, they'll get their level three hmm. to be like, I, I want to show that like I'm competent that I like that I can, I am this level of coach and like, you know, be able to provide a better service. But for me, I was like, I want to get the level three because it's the minimum requirement to be on seminar staff. Like you have to have your level three to be on staff. So I was like, I don't really care for much outside from that. And I passed the level three with like relatively minimal studying because I was doing so much development with James and Lachlan for seminar staff. I was like, guys, I want to go do this help me. Yeah. And so I had them give me feedback. We talked programming, we talked triaging mm -hmm. for days, just like going over the nuances of things. And we went over so much and did so much development that I didn't really yeah. need to do an absurd amount of studying to pass the level three. Yeah. So getting my level three didn't make me a better coach. I became a better coach in my pursuit of the level three. Yes. And I think you have to kind of frame that in your mind, like passing an exam, you could study your face off and go passing and be like, I have my CrossFit level three, but yeah. you could still be a shit coach. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, you can become a vastly greater coach in your pursuit of level three and your development of that. Yeah. But it's something that I had wanted so badly that you know, I put my application in mid 2019, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. It's been four years. Jesus. I, was, <laughs> I sat there because we had said three years before. I'm like, well, it's 2023 now. I don't know yeah. where, what time went. Whoops. Um, 
anyways, I think it was like mid-ish 2019, like summer to fall region mm-hmm. um, in there. And so put the application in, didn't hear anything back. Was like, James, should I hear something back? And he, you know, he was like, yeah, you sent it to this email, right? I was like, nope, you told me send it to this email. And he was like, yeah. oh, just kidding. Send it to this one. Yeah. Thanks. So, you know, a couple weeks later, sent it to the right email. And all I heard back was like a relatively short email that was basically yeah. like, hey, we don't have any spots open in your region at the moment. Once yeah. we do, we'll let you know. Yep. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So beginning of 2020, before like in the winter, it might have been like January-ish 2020. So before the world all fell apart, I reached back, hey, just want to follow up on this. I'm yep. still interested. And they were like, yep. We've got you on file, you know, still no spots open, but we'll let you know. Okay, great. World falls apart. They're doing less seminars here, there, everywhere. So as the, you know, towards, I think it was the end of 2020 that they started doing seminars again, but everyone had to wear masks in certain regions and it was a whole thing. Anyways, they start running seminars again. I reach back out again because yeah. I know that there's been some shifting around. People from staff have moved. Meg Burns has yeah, gone yeah. here. Greg Martino has gone there. I'm like, oh, they're losing some staff members. So I, I, I put that just, you know, to give it a little poke. It's like, hey, guys, just wanted to follow up. Like, I know some people from staff have moved. Like, you know, not sure what staff looks like. But if, you know, I'm, I'm available, I'm here, still interested if, if you're willing and able. And they were like, yep, you know, we'll get back to you if, any spots open up? Still nothing. I was like, okay, great. So the last email I sent was, I was just like, hey, like just want to follow up one more time. It was like six months after that one. We're like in 2021 now. I was like, hey, like I'm, I'm yeah. still exist. And it was just a very, but they were, they were like, it's like, we fucking know. <laughs> You're here. Yeah. We have your shit on file. Yeah. If anything opens up, we'll let you know. And I was like, all right. And yeah. I haven't reached out since I'm like, at, at this point, I probably pissed them off to the point where they have chucked my application into the incinerator, but <clears throat> I'm in a similar boat where it's something I've wanted for so long. So I would definitely struggle with it. If they did reach out and say, Hey, we'd like to have you, <clears throat> I would struggle, but the right answer would be no for yeah. everything that I want to do personally, professionally in coaching. It just wouldn't be the, the right path for me. I tell you, I tell you what I will do, mm. regardless of what my future is, is I will take the level four exam. Okay. Because to okay. me, that says more about, so like to your point, I didn't have to, I studied for my level, my level three, mm-hmm. but I yeah. honest to God, I believe if you live, eat, breathe and shit CrossFit, you'll pass the level three. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty much. And even people who study real hard, if like, if you do strength in a Metcon, you're gonna have a hard time passing that fucking test. You're gonna like, have a really hard time. You, you really, really are. Cause you're not doing CrossFit. Cause, the way cause you don't understand the methodology the way well, it's so to... you might, you might understand the methodology, but okay. how you're implementing it day to day is yeah. not lining up with what the methodology, uh, uh, expresses. Um, so I didn't, I didn't have difficulty passing my level three. And what I've come to learn since is the level three says nothing about me as a coach. It says that I'm really good at knowledge acquisition, Mm -hmm. you know, and like 
yay for that. Considering my particular history and how I was brought up and the kind of coaching that I have been taught to do, the level mm-hmm. four would be would mean more to me. Not because it's a level higher, but because it's actually an assessment of my coaching ability. And mm-hmm. I'm and my coaching pedigree and heritage is in line with the things that they are assessing in the level four. And so does CrossFit think that I coach CrossFit the way CrossFit should be done at the highest possible level? That would be the thing that I would be seeking validation on. So that'll, that'll be a thing that I, that I will do. And, and this year would be awesome. I don't know if it'll happen. Um, but say like when they had released level four, I was like, you know, jury's out on whether or not I'll do it. I'm, I'm not sure for me if I would find much value in it aside from, you know, just you should do it. giving myself a pat on the back. Don't tell you me should to do, do it. <laughs> you should do it. I'm just going to start. No, my, my next order of business, I'm going to get myself on the gymnastics seminar so I can tell people not to wrap their thumb. Just, just <laughs> because just, I'm going to make that my life mission. Birdie <laughs> will never let you near a bar. Ever again, if you if 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 you try to do that, you're like okay, challenge accepted. <laughs> this is Kevin, fucking ignore everything he says. <laughs> so what I'm He's gonna do? Full is of I'm shit. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna play along and be like wrap the thumb, wrap the thumb. I'm gonna do everything exactly right. First seminar when they're like, all right, you're up for the lecture. I'm like, all right, guys, wrapping your thumb is for nerds. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, show I'll, him I'll, this I'll... footage, right? <laughs> And I'll work. I'll work one seminar and then never again. Be like you're oh, banned. I pr- I promise we're professionals. I promise, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Yeah. I I thought this was really really nice kind of rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. Um. And you yeah. know, an interesting, a little Good bit different topic, an interesting, yeah, an interesting conversation for us to have, kind of assess and be honest with people about where we are. Um. And so a little bit personal, a little bit less oriented toward the community, but important nonetheless. Um, final thoughts, questions, concerns before we head out. No, just, you know, before you decide that something's what you want to do, like take a real objective inventory of what your life looks like, what the requirements of that pursuit will be, whatever that pursuit is, this could, you know, go way beyond coaching, but anything that you're going to go after, what does that look like? Is it going to bring value into your life and the people around you's Mm -hmm. life via extension of yourself? And will it be a worthwhile use of your time, effort, energy, and so on? Yeah. And yeah. There's, you'll never, you'll never go wrong trying to be honest with yourself about things like that. Nope. Yeah. Nope. All right, Kevin, have a great rest of your day. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great week and we will see y'all next week. Peace.